Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for the privilege to be here this morning at your feet to listen to you. Lord, I ask for grace. That as I decrease this morning, may you increase. Amen. Use these lips of clay to interpret your word to every heart. Thank you, Adonai. Receive glory and praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I will be talking to you this morning on what I caption the benefits of intimacy with God. The benefit of intimacy with God. I once told you a story about a young girl that was a caregiver for a man, an aged man here in Fairfax County. And this girl was from Ghana. She was a caregiver for this old man. But she took her job beyond just the paycheck. She became like a daughter to this man. She would stay after work and do chores for this man, run errands for this man. She became like a granddaughter this man never had. This man had so many wealthy children that they all moved out of the house from her doctors. I think one is even a governor somewhere. So he had no one around the house to help him do anything except this girl. And after few, just about one year that this girl has been serving this man, this man decided to show his gratitude to this girl. And what did he do? He bought this girl a 2015 car. This was like three years ago. So we want to talk about 2015. This was like the latest version of the car. 2015, brand new. Not only that, he gave this 19-year-old girl a single family home in Fairfax. A caregiver. Now is the owner. I want you to imagine how your life would change. If somebody gave you a single family home paid for in Fairfax County and a brand new car. This happened because she went beyond a paycheck to intimacy with a caregiver. How much more will God give us if we become intimate with him? How much more are we going to benefit if we get closer to God? There are things God wants to give to us, but our distance is limiting God from doing what he wants to do in our life. If you will just get closer to him this morning, maybe there is a miracle that you're seeking for that can become your portion. Amen. May you draw close to God and come to a place of intimacy with him. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In verse 28 of Isaiah chapter 40, God responds to Israel. They've been complaining, complaining about many things. God, you are too far. You are too unsearchable. You are too difficult. Your ways are too hard. And God responds. Have you not known? Have you not heard? God responds and tells Israel four things. Number one, he says, he says it's everlasting. It means that God does not die. God lives from generation to generation. God has no beginning and God has no end. When God created the earth, that was a beginning for us. But before the earth was created, God existed. So God has no beginning and God has no end. Number two, he tells Israel, I'm the creator. Meaning there is nothing happening in this life that I cannot fix. Because I made it all. And I can fix it. And then he tells Israel, I am unwearied. Meaning I can never get tired. May I bring to your knowledge this morning. It doesn't matter the needs of the whole world. God will never, tire, will never be tired of doing what he has promised to do. God and 
never say, let me take a break. I'm so tired of helping these people. God will never get tired. The last thing he said, I'm unsearchable. Meaning that you can never fully understand everything about God. There are things we are only going to understand when we get to heaven. There are some mysterious things that happen in this life. That no matter how, thin, how hard you are, how intelligent you are, you will never understand until you cross the other side of life. Then in verse 29 he says, He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no mind, he increases their strength. Anytime you feel weak, anytime you feel void, anytime you feel empty, then you are qualified for the strength of God. After all, it is only cars that I need of gas that go to the gas station. Nobody goes to the gas station with a car full of gas and says, I want to add gas. It is when you realize my tank is empty that you go to the gas station. So only those who realize their emptiness, only those who realize they need God are going to come to God. The reason why many people do not seek God is not because they don't want to seek God. It's because they have not realized their emptiness. They have not realized they are void of God. They are void of all that they need for this life. That is why one of the greatest forms of pride is when a man refuses to seek God. Prayer is pride. Prayerlessness is pride. When you refuse to pray, you are telling God, I don't need you. I can figure these things out on my, on my own. But when we pray, it's telling God, I'm coming because without you, I can do nothing. I need your help to figure out this marriage. I need your help to figure out this job. I need your help to figure out how to raise these children. I need your help. Prayer brings us to the place of humility. But when you are in a position where you don't pray, it's pride because you're telling God, I don't need you. Then in verse 30, it says, Even the youths will fail and be weary. The young men shall utterly fall. Spiritual strength has nothing to do with age. Spiritual strength has nothing to do with muscles. They are people that are built. They may have eight pack, but spiritually, they have no strength. They have all the muscles that when they take off their shirt, you're like, wow, this guy sleeps in the gym. But spiritually, zero strength. No strength. Spiritual strength has nothing to do with your physicality. It has nothing to do with your age. Hallelujah. Amen. Spiritual strength has to do with your proximity to God. How close you are to God determines your spiritual strength. And then in verse 31, which is the key verse, it says, but those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not faint. They shall run and not go weary. They shall walk and not faint. I want you to notice that the order here is contrary to how we would have it. Because normally we start by walking, then we run, then we fly. But God says no. You fly, then you run, then you walk. Because God's order is always contrary to human order. We have to start from above. What the Bible says, we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places far beyond principalities and powers, according to Ephesians 2.6. Then we set ourselves to run the course, as Hebrews 12.1 says. And then after we have set ourselves to run the course, then we position ourselves now to walk the walk with God, according to Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. So, our spiritual journey begins from the top, then it comes down. You don't start from down and you go up. 
That is the reason why many people think that if they figure out their schedule, like somebody said, when I stop smoking, then I'll come to church. When I stop doing this, then I'll come to church. You can't walk your way up. You have to walk your way down. You go to God, then God gives you the power to stop doing what you're, what you're doing. Amen. Is anybody hearing me? Yes, yes. God gives you the power to stop doing what you're doing. You don't say, when I will figure this thing out, then I will serve God. No, you go up. When God gives you the power from above, then you will stop doing the things that you're doing here on the earth. Is anybody getting me this morning? Also pay attention to the phrase, wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. Many are waiting for miracles. They are waiting for breakthroughs. They are waiting for children. Waiting for a husband. Waiting for a job opportunity. Waiting for a visa. Waiting for a document. But not waiting upon the Lord. There is a difference between waiting for things and waiting upon the Lord. When you are waiting upon the Lord, you are saying, God, I'm not here because of the job. I'm not here because of the husband. I'm not here because of the church. I'm here because of you. Meaning, even if you give me no husband, I will still be here. If you give me no job, I will still be here. Whether I'm rich or poor, I'm still going to be here. Because my goal is not the things. My goal is you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Those who wait upon the Lord. This is the reason why some people, after they get blessed, they distance themselves from God because they now got what they were looking for. God was not their target. Their target was that job. Before they got that job, they were faithful to God. They were prayerful. They were fasted every day. But the moment that opportunity came, money started flowing. Now they don't have time for church. They don't have time for God. Because now, what they were waiting for has come. Since they were not waiting upon God, God can wait. Anytime I have time for God, I will come to him after. But those that wait upon the Lord, we are not waiting for things. We are waiting for the Lord. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, wait upon the Lord. Tell somebody, wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. Now the word wait, the word wait in Hebrew is the word cover, which also means to look eagerly, to lie in wait, to linger for. Now the picture painted here is, if you have ever gone to an office, and you go to the office, and the office is closed, but you still keep walking around the office as, as though someone will come after and open the door again for you. You are so disappointed that you can't just walk away. You see yourself still going around the building. I can't believe this place is closed. That is, you linger. You stay, even though there is no sign that this office will be opened. You still hang around. So sometimes when you come into to God, you may not even sense his presence. It looks like this thing you are praying for will never be answered. It looks as if God is not hearing your prayers, but you linger around because there is something much more than just a blessing that is driving you. There is something much more than just a breakthrough that is driving you. There is something deeper than a blessing that is driving you into God's presence. Hallelujah. The word cover also connotes the idea of spending time patiently and waiting for God. So the key word here is time. The key word here is time. In Matthew 26, verse 40, Jesus went to pray and left his disciples. When he came back, he found them sleeping. And he said, couldn't you watch with me for at least one hour so you may overcome temptation? May I say this too? In Jesus' standards of prayer, one hour is the minimum. 
I laugh because when I say that, some, some people are like, Master, Pastor, don't kill somebody. In Jesus' standard of prayer, one hour is when you begin. So if you are still doing 15 minutes, you are still in Sunday school of prayer. You have not started praying. One hour is when you begin. He said, couldn't you watch with me? Even, even. The word even means at least one hour. So you can overcome temptation. It is sad to some of us pray just when we want to sleep. We want to eat. We want to take a flight. That's when we pray. God, I pray this flight will not crash. That is when you become spiritual in the plane. Just when things, you, you sense danger. Hallelujah. One of the greatest enemies of intimacy is sleep. Many can say, I don't have time, I'm too busy. But you sleep eight hours every night. As busy as you are, as tedious as your job is, you have eight hours to sleep. If you are going to cultivate intimacy with God, you will have to cut some time from your sleep and spend with God. The Bible says, while it was daybreak, before daybreak, Jesus went to a solitary place to pray. He knew that in the day he was going to be busy. So before things got busy, he looked for time to be somewhere to pray. There are many of us that even our neighbors know they don't play with your sleep. I, I was watching a, a, a program where a girl met with a man. And the first thing she told the man is, any day I'm sleeping, don't wake me up. That is a deep breaker. People don't wake me up from sleep. Your sleep is so precious that no one can tamper with your sleep. If you are don't sleep, may I disappoint you that you can't have intimacy with God. Because it's going to take a sacrifice of your time to be intimate with God. Hallelujah. Waiting upon the Lord brings spiritual capacity. Waiting upon the Lord brings spiritual strength. It brings spiritual stamina. And this passage is broken, has broken down four benefits of waiting upon the Lord. Number one, it says, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall renew their strength. Now, the word strength in the Greek here also connotes power. It connotes might. It connotes spiritual stamina. And the word strength here is power with God. Power with God. In Genesis chapter 32, verse 28, the Lord answered, talking to Joseph, said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for as a prince, you have power with God and with men, and you have prevailed. Let me explain to you the difference between the power of God and the power with God. There is a difference between the power of God, having the power of God, and having power with God. When you have the power of God, you can do things. You can accomplish things for God. You can cause changes. You can perform miracles. Signs and wonders can follow you. The Bible says in Acts 10, 13, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power that he went about doing good, healing the sick and setting free all who were captivated by the enemy. So when you have the power of God, you can do some supernatural things. But when you have power with God, you actually sit in the council of God where decisions are made. Let me show you from the Bible. Now, in, in the scripture we just read in Genesis 32, 28, 
28. God said to Jacob, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, because you have power with God and power with man. When Jacob saw that his uncle was cheating him in his wages, if you know the story, they had made an arrangement that when the sheep gives birth, all the speckled animals will belong to Jacob. And then the dogs that were not speckled will belong to Laban, his uncle. And the Bible says, Laban cheated Jacob in his wages ten times. Jacob decided to do a technology that even till today, they have not been able to figure out what he did. He was able to change the birth, the birthmark of the animal by placing something in the water that caused all the animals to give birth to speckled children. This is not a power of his power with God. He's able to change the DNA of the animals. He's able to change the order of the birth of the animals by a certain manipulation. When Elijah said, for three and a half years, there shall be no rain. That was not the power of God. This was power with God. Because notice he said, by my word. Elijah did not say, thus says the Lord. He says, by my word. Meaning, when you have power with God, you become a shareholder of God's power. You sit in the council where things are done by God. And you decide what is going to be done. When Joshua commanded the moon and the sun to stand still, that was not power of God. It was power with God. Meaning a man comes to a place where he can alter nature. He can determine events and cause changes because he sits in the council of God. This is the level where God can come to you like he came to Ezekiel in Ezekiel 37 and say, Son of man, can these bones live? In other words, let us decide what we do with these bones. You are now sitting in the council of God where things happen. This is power with God. And then Ezekiel said, I don't know. Then God said, prophesy. And he said, as I prophesied, the bones came together bone to bone. And they were covered with flesh. This is the level of intimacy where, like I said, where you sit in the council of God and cause things to happen. If you want this power with God, like I said, you have to cultivate intimacy. This is the level where you say, by this time next year. Meaning you determine when things happen. Many do pray and say, by this time next year, nothing happens. Because they don't understand that that statement comes out of a place of intimacy. Where you can enter into God's counsel and dictate when somebody's going to have a job. When somebody's going to get married. When somebody's going to have a baby. You sit in the counsel of God and say, by this time tomorrow. Because you sit where decisions are made. This is power with God. Is somebody hearing me this morning? In Psalm 62, verse 11, it says, Once God has spoken, twice have I heard that power belongs to God. If you want this power with God, you have to be determined to spend time with God. Hallelujah. You have to be determined to spend time with God. This running around will not bring you power. If you need power, you need time with God. And number two, he says, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 
Number three says, they will mount up with wings as eagle. What does that mean as a capsule? It? Power for effortless achievement. Power for effortless achievement. In Matthew 17, verse 21, I explained this to you some thing last week or two. A man brought a child to, G to the disciples of Jesus who was possessed by an unclean spirit. And the guys prayed all day. They were buying, they cast, they rebuke, they raise the standard, they lose, they unfasten. They did all their spiritual gymnastics. And the demon was looking at them like, you guys are not serious. Then the Bible says that when the man saw Jesus, he took the little boy and said, Master, I brought my son to your disciples, but they were not able to cast out the devil. The Bible says only with a word, Jesus drove out the unclean spirit. As I was preparing this message, I just saw Jesus say, Ta! And the demon left. <laughs> he did not say, Ta! This is the case where they had prayed all day and nothing could be done. Then Peter and his brothers were very curious. They wondered, why were we not able to cast out this devil? In Matthew 17, 21, Jesus said, how be it? This kind only goes out by prayer and fasting. Jesus wasn't saying the day you encounter this kind of demonic case, go and start praying and fasting. He was saying, for those who cultivate the life of prayer and fasting, they are the people that are able to drive out this kind of demon. Power for effortless achievement. A man comes down and his deliverance is five seconds. Bah! Demons are out. While the others spend all day casting, binding, praying. Could it be that the reason why you struggle so much in the things you want to do is because you lack power from the place of intimacy? Could it be that the reason why everything you try to do is always difficult? Nothing seems to come easy. You have to fight. You have to go for that interview like five times. Everything you do has to be struggle, struggle, struggle. Could it be that it's because you have you lack power for effortless achievement? The power of God that you possess will determine how much you can achieve for God. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, Apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We often quote this scripture, but we don't understand what it means. Christ has strengthened you, then you can do all things. Meaning, it is the level of strength that you possess that determines what you can do. It is the level of God's power that you carry that can determine what you can do. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God wants to use you, but you can't be used without his power. It is the power of God that you carry that determines how much God can use you. Now, when an eagle has developed feathers that are very heavy, the eagle flies to the mountain, and the eagle stays there for a month. It will beat up all the feathers. The feathers will all come up, come out. Then it will stay there for new feathers to grow. And during this period, because the eagle cannot fly, it does not eat. So it's fasting. It will wait until when the feathers have grown. 
then sometimes the peak of the eagle will be so long that it will, it will bend. The eagle will scrape it on the rocks until it becomes sharp and smooth. When those feathers have grown and the eagle is coming down from the mountain and the eagle sees a target, there is nothing that can stop the eagle from that target. It doesn't matter what is around. It will come to the target. When you see an eagle in the sky, it doesn't fly like every other bird. It only does like this. Because the eagle takes advantage of the wind. The same wind that other birds run from, the eagle gets into the wind and uses the wind to soar. That is why I say, those who wait upon the law, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. Meaning, when challenges come and others are beaten down, that is when you rise. Amen. When things are beating others down, discouraging others, knocking people out, that is when you rise. Because the ego takes advantage of the wind to sow. This power of effortless achievement as seen in the ego also speaks about boldness. Like I said, when the eagle is coming down from the mountain, no noise, no devil can stop the eagle from catching that rabbit. It will come down and carry it. There is bonus. Can it be that the reason why you're so timid about God, you're so shy about God, is because you don't have the power that derives from the place of intimacy? In Acts chapter 4, verse 13, the Bible says, when they saw the disciples, Peter and the disciples, knowing that they were unschooled men, they could perceive that they had been with Jesus. They could sense their intimacy from their boldness. Now this one scripture I want to say to you before I go to the next point. Ephesians 3 verse 20, which we always like to quote. It says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all that we can ever ask or think, Listen to what we forget. According to the power that works in us. What does that mean? God's ability to do exceedingly or abundantly through you depends on his power that you carry. So if you have no power in you, God is handicapped. He can't do nothing. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, according to the power that you carry. So if you carry nothing, God can do nothing. So God is standing there and saying, I want to do something for this, this man, for this woman, but there is no power in you to do that. Please give me this, this bottle. Let me illustrate something. This is water. This water, for example, let me say this is a, is a tap flowing from an ocean. The ocean connects to this tap. And that ocean is limitless. Now you guys are all thirsty. And I come to this tub and I carry water from this tub with this container. How many people can I satisfy with this water? Very few. But does this, does this mean that water is finished from the source? No. It is just that my container is so little. And because my container is so little, I can only satisfy few people. Many of us cannot do a lot. Or God cannot do a lot because God is saying, my daughter, I'm sending you out there to go and change lives. I'm sending to your family to be an ambassador. I'm sending you like Esther to your family. I'm sending you like Joseph to your family. 
And you go to God, and all you can carry is that little container. And when you come, God is limited. In as much as he wants to change your family, the power you carry is so little, and he can do nothing. God wants to do great things. God wants to use you. But if you're going to live this life and achieve effortlessly, you need the power of God. Hallelujah. This is why sometimes as Christians, you go to certain places and you don't get what you're looking for. Not because God has not given it to you. It's saying, well, if it was God with for me, I would have had it. No. It may be that you lack the power to get what God gave to you. If God wanted it for me, it would be mine. Who says that? A Muslim man is praying five times a day. Allah, every day, five times. And then you wake up in the morning, do your makeup. You've not prayed since last year. You do your makeup. So I'm going for that interview. It's my portion. I'm the head. Oh, go get a job. Go get a job. You have no power in you. So this guy shows up, and the power of Allah is backing her up. And you have nobody backing you up. So the interview is done, and the job is given to the Muslim girl who doesn't know Jesus. And you say, if it was God's will for me, I will have the job. I'm not worried about the job. You lack power to possess what was yours. But when you carry the power of God, you show up in that office, the job is over because God sees you and God backs you up from heaven because he knows you carry his power. Hallelujah. You carry his power. Effortless achievement. Effortless achievement. And number three, he says they shall run and not be weary. This talks about power to run the race of life. Power to run the race of life. Listen, life is a race and it takes power to run because there is a crown at the end. In 1 Corinthians 9, 24, it says, Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain that prize. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right of God the Father Almighty. How a man runs the race of life is a function of the power of God that he carries. Hallelujah. Imagine a person who has been born again for two years, but has backslided six times. Every time you come to church and somebody, maybe the usher don't greet you well, you go stay three months, you don't come again. Every time you come to church, they say something that offends you, you go stay six months, you don't, you don't, you don't have power with God. Because when a man who has intimacy with God, nothing can stop them from doing what they need to do. You can't drive a man who has intimacy with God from the church. A man who has intimacy with God cannot be offended by something done by somebody in the church. Because they are not here for you. They are not here for the pastor. They are here for God. They came because of God. So nothing can discourage them. But when a man has no intimacy with God, Every little thing gets me offended. I can't believe. I can't believe that a, a whole me. You who? They said this to a... a 
A hole, you empty hole. Nothing inside of you. When you have power with God, nothing can stop you. Hallelujah. Why is it possible that you've tried five different careers in the same year? You keep trying things, trying things, because like I explained to you last time, when you have been with God here, and then God whispers to you, say, my son, go do this. And you come out here to do it, it's easy. Because God makes a way. But we don't go here to hear from God. We are here trying to think, oh, let me do nursing. It don't work. Let me do uh, IT. It don't work. Let me do, you, you are trying to stop because you've not come here to hear what God wants you to do. That is why you are struggling with so many things. Because you are trying to figure things out on your own. But when God whispers from me and says, my son, go do IT. When you get there, you may take that certification and not finish. You get the job. But somebody else who was not endorsed by God to do it, you can get all the certifications. No man will hire you. Because God didn't authorize you to do it. You are trying to figure stuff. Maybe God wanted you to be a nurse. Now you want to do something that God never authorized you to do. We have to understand. It is the power of God that makes our achievement effortless. We don't struggle with too many things because we understand it comes from God. Hallelujah. Amen. It comes from God. And the last, it says they shall walk and not faint. This talks about power to walk in victory. Power to walk in victory. In Luke chapter 18 verse 1 it says, And he spake a parable to them saying, Men ought always to pray and not faint. In Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 it says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Walk and not faint talks about not being discouraged. Because, listen, life has difficulties. Life has difficulties. So, when it says the walk and not famous, you don't give up. There's a power in you that causes you not to give up. You may be beaten down, yet you keep going. There may be blows to your face, you keep going. There may be storms raging at you on from every side, you keep going because there is a power of God that keeps you going. Let me announce to you, just in case you are visiting this earth and you don't live here, this life has troubles. Maybe you came from Mars. I don't understand what is going on here. This life has troubles. How does someone wake up in the morning with their mother and in the evening their mom is gone? This life has troubles. But it takes the power to walk, to keep you going and not to give up. Amen. There are things that are going to happen to you to break you down. How do you receive a promotion letter from your job and you have not finished the celebration another letter comes saying you have been fired? How do you get engaged to a man you show the ring on Facebook and three weeks after the man says, I'm no longer interested. There are things that are going to happen to you to break you down. But those that walk, wait upon the Lord, they shall walk and not faint. Nothing causes you to be discouraged. I will not give up because of a job. I will not give up because of death. I will not give up because of disappointment. I keep going. We walk, we don't faint. This is why like Job, you can say, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. 
Even if nothing is working around, I will still trust him. Everything may be lost, but I still have God. Listen, your ability to overcome the challenges of life depends on how much of God's power that you possess. There are some people now, if they have a tire puncture on their way to church, church is postponed for one month. Can't believe that I'm driving to this church and God is seeing my effort, my sacrifices, and God will frustrate me on I-66. I can't, I can't believe. And then you postpone church. You are not serious. You are empty. But a man that possesses God's power, not even an accident will stop them from doing what they need to do. They call roadside assistance and get to church and act like nothing happened because they possess God's power. They walk, they don't faint. They never give up. Even sometimes in relationships, you feel like quitting the marriage. You feel like quitting that relationship. The power of God keeps you going. It may be difficult, but you keep going. You don't like that job, but you keep going. Things are difficult financially, but you keep going. It's not working the way you want, but you keep going because you carry God's power. We walk. We don't faint. Listen, everything may be lost, but if God is not lost, I have everything. Everything may be lost, but if God is not lost, I have everything. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Take the man away. Take the child away. Take the job away. If I still have God, there is hope for me. Even though I fall seven times, I will rise again. We don't give up. Say, be not discouraged in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. I came to encourage somebody this morning. God is calling you to a place of intimacy. God wants to do more with you than you've achieved. But if you get close to him, God is going to show show himself like never before. Hallelujah. Refuse to be a powerless Christian. Like I explained to you, our spirits are like a battery of a phone. It doesn't matter the phone you have, whether it's Apple, iPhone X, or iPhone 32, whatever you have. Whether it's Samsung Galaxy uh, S94, whatever you have. If that phone is not charged, it's useless. Am I saying the truth? It doesn't matter the brand that you are. If that phone is not charged, it's useless. And some of us in our spirits, we we, we have not been charged for like one year. That's why God cannot do anything with you. There's some have one bar. That's why you are still coming to church. One bar. There's some have two bars. That's why now you're not serving in church. You're trying to do things because you have two bars. Then there are others with three bars who are actually being used by God, causing things to happen. Now I'm asking you this morning, what is your charging level this morning? Are you, are you showing red? Red, no, it starts red, then yellow before it starts green. Are you, are, what, what is your charging level? Can you rise on your feet this morning? I refuse to be a powerless Christian. Tell someone, I refuse to be a powerless Christian. Tell someone, I refuse to be a powerless Christian. So there is the end of my powerlessness. I refuse. I refuse. Somebody just begin to thank the Lord. Begin to thank the Lord. Begin to thank the Lord. I refuse to be a powerless Christian. I refuse. I deny. I deny. 